Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today, I have a very special guest, Kylie, who is a 31-year-old wife, business owner, and mother of four. When she isn't curled up with a good book, you can find her writing them. She's had a lifelong passion for literature and now uses her words to open the conversation about drug addiction in the family. She hopes to use her life experiences with abuse, trauma, and tragedy to shatter the silence and create a community where families can heal as a whole and individually. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. All right, Kylie, I am so honored to have you on the show just to share your experience and um, just to shed some light that may help others. Um, so first of all, thank you for being a part of the show. Oh, of course, of course. Um, so if you can, um, I wanted you to share whatever you feel comfortable about um, your experience. I know you lost your mom to addiction and that yes. led to your experience with abuse and trauma. So if you can just share um, your journey, that would be great. Sure. Okay. Um, well, my mom, um, she had me very young. She was 16. Um, she was always just the life of the party, a great person. I mean, um, you know, addiction doesn't discriminate. And, you know, most younger crowds, you know, we've, everybody's experimented and done their own thing. Well, she was no different. However, um, as she got older, um, you know, she got into harder things like crack cocaine and, and things like that. And, um, you know, it was a lot of up and down with uh, her sobriety. Okay. You know, we, we, made, we made a big move at one point for her, and she really had a good handle on things. We moved like an hour and a half away and just started a new life. And um, however, once we moved there, she, um, she got into a car wreck. And here mm -hmm. come the, you know, the, the prescription medications and pain clinics and that just kind of spiraled and okay you know yeah in it while she was uh under the influence you know it, it really changed you know because addiction it, it's just it turns people you love and into somebody you don't even know and got you you know things that she'd have never been okay with mm -hmm. she turned a blind eye to like I was being sexually abused at one point mm -hmm. by uh someone in the family and you know I, I told her and I, I came to her about it but it was all just hush hush because we didn't she didn't want people she didn't want authorities in our business basically gotcha. so it was just kind of like we're going to turn a blind eye and uh you know got you those types of things and 
so we had that but and then as i got older you know um when her her pill habit really ramped up uh you know she the kind of people that were in and out of our house were just i mean everybody i don't believe there's bad people i believe mm-hmm. everybody i believe people conform to their circumstances and mm-hmm. i truly believe addiction is a mental physical and spiritual illness and that really changes people and they do just horrific things under the influence and so mm-hmm. before i say anymore i just want to say that I, I don't i don't say like oh this this person was a horrible person or this of course. That. It, wasn't, of course. it wasn't that at all um but the kind of people you mix with who are under the influence will do some horrific things and um there was there was times when my mom uh Basically, I mean, I was 15, 16 years old, and she wanted me to j- just talk with older men and stuff because mm-hmm. they had money, and they would buy her pills and, you know, things like that. Wow. You know, it was just a lot. It was a lot. I'm sure. Wow. And, again, thank you for being willing to share that. I know it's difficult. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Um, is there anything that you would say along your journey, um, because you had a mom that was, you know, addicted and you had your own experiences, were there any stereotypes or misconceptions that you came across, whether that you had or maybe that someone else had towards your experience that you feel is important to address? Um, I know growing up, I was so angry, um, Mm. very, very angry. And I thought that after I lost my mom, you know, I ended up marrying an addict and he, Mm. you know, he's no longer involved in my son's life. It's been five, six years now. My son's adopted by my my now husband. But I believe that if you did anything, if you took a pill prescribed or not, if you took a drink, whatever it was, like like you were like you were unable to be saved. Like you were just, Mm. I I was so angry. I I labeled everyone as, as you know, just bad people and you. you didn't want these people around. But through my own, um, I, I really feel like I maybe had a nervous breakdown or something about it two years ago. And I had mm-hmm. to deal with all these things that I kind of stuffed away. And, uh, um, it really made me realize that it, it doesn't discriminate and these people are not bad people. And yeah. I feel like they get kind of caged and pushed away and separated from family and it's just the perfect storm and it doesn't make them a bad person it's mm-hmm. just they need help so uh, along my own recovery journey because the family definitely needs just as much uh absolutely help, if not more yeah um I've, I've been i've been blessed to meet some really amazing people that are doing the same types of things that i'm doing and, and i've been able to you know understand yeah now and so that that was one stereotype that I found like everybody's just you know they were categorized as not being able to recover and you know like oh they're gonna like nobody will ever be get out of it but I learned a lot with the people I've met on this journey yeah yeah I'm I'm sure um on your journey to recovery um, what are some practical ways that you have learned to cope with um, the trauma and just dealing with grief. Um, for those that may be in similar experiences, what are some practical things that you would advise them to do? Well, what I can tell you what I did is, mm-hmm. I, um, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. Okay. After my mom passed away, I, um, I had no other, it's like my whole family was gone in a matter of a, a day or two, you mm-hmm. know. I, I was kind of the mother figure, and I had three younger sisters, and 
you know, multiple step siblings. And when my mom passed away, you know, she was cremated. It's like she was here one day and gone the next. Mm. And uh, all, I was the oldest, so all my younger siblings were taken away. Like I had nobody anymore. Mm. So I would write. I'd write letters to my mom. You know, oh, and a lot wow. of it was okay. angry at first. You know, yeah. I, I would write and I was just upset. And then, it, and then it kind of transformed into more like as if I just call her and tell her what I was doing, but I'd write it. And I found um, about a year and a half, about a year and a half ago, I started writing my own book about the ripple effect of addiction. And I I found, like, I have severe anxiety and depression. And I was able to connect the dots to my own triggers. Got you. As I started writing my own story. And that was very eye-opening for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. And speaking of you know, you starting to write your book, you also have, um, Addicts Ripple. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, that was kind of, I started that and my main goal was I was going to use that blog to share, um, parts of my book as I went. But once I started it, it just kind of went everywhere. Like I started meeting people in recovery and doing interviews and like before and after stories of people. Cause I feel like so many people just need to see that it's it's possible to come back from Absolutely. the depths of hell, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, even for the family, you know, like if you, there's people that are still struggling that I love very much, and it's it's a very hopeless feeling. But when you can see somebody else's story, you know, and give you a sense of community, that was my main goal. Is yeah, I wanted to have a sense of community for people to be able to come together. At, not just as addicts or recovering addicts yeah. or family, you know, like Noron and Alan. I love all those tools, but just to have a, a generic, open, safe space. Yeah. And that was my plan with my blog. Yeah, I love that. Like coming together as people, yes. I think is 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 so important. And I mean, what you are doing is so inspiring, and I'm sure that it is helping so many so many people. Um, what's something that you have learned um, just throughout the process with your blog and meeting new people? Um, what's something that you've learned from that from that experience? Well, I can say one thing that has really uh, I've learned recently is I always I'm also in school right now to become an addiction counselor. Oh wow, and a lot that's of, great! And a lot of the thank you. Yeah, congratulations. And thanks. And a lot of the things that I. Um, uh, like a lot of the way you hear people talk, like, oh, um, relapse is a part of recovery. Yeah. Um, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And it's a lack of recovery, you know. It's a, okay. a momentary lapse of, uh, you know. But, um, I'm, like, people always say, that, that oh, just leave them alone. they got to hit rock bottom before mm-hmm. they can, uh, you know. And I've, I've recently met someone, I've uh, beta read his memoir, uh, Jordan Barnes, I think you did a... Um, yeah, he just he yes. was just on the show. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, well I met him through this process and he has really enlightened me um, with the fact that that's not true because sometimes yeah. people just aren't ready but they're put in the right place at the right time and something sticks. Yeah. And I think it, it's, you know, that's, that's a big thing to, that, you know, Maybe they're not all the way open, and maybe even the family members aren't completely open to, to the fact that they need recovery. Yeah. But yeah. if they're if they're put in the right place at the right time, something may click, and you know, just not to give up hope. Yeah. For anybody. Yeah. Do you know someone struggling with drug and alcohol abuse? 
DrugHelpline.org offers 24-7 drug and alcohol help to those struggling with addiction. If you call their hotline, you can receive information regarding treatment and recovery and get the help that you need. The number is 1-844-289-0879. Call their national hotline for drug abuse help today. That's really good. I know um, there are some people that coming from experiences similar to yours, they may have been scared to start a new life, like with the family and everything like that. Um, so is there anything that you would like to share with someone that may be, maybe they've been an addict or they have a family member and now they're scared to like take that next step, start their family, you know, start over. Um, what would you tell them? Uh, I can tell you, I was in that exact spot. I'm I was, sure. I felt like I was, um, like you are where you come from, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when you grow up that way and you grow up in that atmosphere and that's what you're comfortable with, it's scary. Like, it's scary to, to change your life and, and you don't know how to how to handle being around different people. Like, I know how to, how to you know, hang out in the hood and... <laughs> You know, like, I, yeah. I know how to do that. I know how to hang out with those kind of people, you know. But then you get around other people and you feel completely uncomfortable and it's scary. And then you think about your own kids, you know, bringing kids into the world and trying to start a family. Like, what if this and what if that? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the more uncomfortable you are, that's where you need to go. Wow. Like, you need to yeah. you need to push yourself. When you feel uncomfortable, that's growth. Growth isn't comfortable. Yeah, which completely goes yeah. against the grain. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> In every shape, form, or fashion. Right. Absolutely. I, I can definitely see that. Um, but it's amazing, like, you know, with your family and your children, how you have just been so inspiring. Um, not a lot of people are able to do that. Or maybe people are trying to figure out how, um, especially raising kids, you know, am I going to, you know, become addicted or are they going to, you know, you just commonly have these worries whether you've experienced addiction or not. Um, so I believe that what you're doing is very inspiring and um, I'm really glad to have you on the show because uh, you have a very thank you 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 have a very um, heart touching story, um, and you have learned how to turn some of the most negative experiences. And I think the biggest thing is the fact that it's an experience that you didn't ask for, and not that people right. that are exposed to addiction have asked for it, but no. a lot of the situations you were placed into. And so instead of you taking on the, which I mean is natural to take on the victim mentality. Right, you right. Have, and all I did for I'm sure, years, yeah. I'm yeah. Betty, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some people they, stay there. Some they people do. stay there. I mean, and yeah. It's, it's easy to do that, and it's, it's not easy to check yourself. Like, it's really not. Um, yeah. It's yeah. not fun. And um, I can honestly say, like, I didn't realize, like, when my mother passed away, like I said, she passed away, and then I married an addict, well, we ended up divorcing, not even, we weren't even married a year before I left, but because we had a child together, you know, that, yeah. I, I have said for a long time that God knew what he was doing when I had that baby, yeah. because I don't know if I'd be here, you know, I was, I lived that life, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I, I tried, you know, I'm not going to say I never tried drugs, because I did, I lived in that every day, my own mother was giving it to me. Yeah. But I, it never disrupted my life. Like, yeah. it, it never got to that point because I was terrified. It doesn't mean I was immune 
to this addiction or, you know, I was terrified to end up like her and I didn't want, you know, and once I had my son and I seen just deja vu playing out in front of my eyes, like my, my relationship and my marriage was identical to what I grew up in. We were, Mm. we were toxic, you know, he was, I was just trying to save him and I was realizing I was drowning myself and potentially my son. Yeah. You know, and I, um, I walked away and I tried, you know, we tried to co-parent and I was just, I was young and I was bitter and there were times that I did wrong, you know, keeping Mm -hmm. my son away. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking I'm protect, I have to protect him. And it got to the point where he was so bad off that, you know, he, my, he couldn't see him anymore. It was just, and it wasn't until that day, the day that we went and signed paperwork for the adoption that I, I realized the ripple effect, like a generational ripple effect, because mm. he has, my son has not, I've shielded him in every possible way. Yeah. And the day that I came home and told him that, you know, his dad signed his rights away and, you know, he was going to be adopted finally by my husband who's raised him since he's two. Mm-hmm. When I seen that child and, and he started crying and was like, well, mom, you know, how much money do I have in my savings account? What if he just sees me and that's all he needs to go to rehab? When I, when I looked at my child, I seen myself, and I was like, oh, my wow. God. Like, it doesn't matter how much I tried to shield him. This is a hurt you can't keep from, you know? Yeah. And that is it's painful. Yeah. I'm so sure. Wow. That is, wow. But it's extremely eye-opening. It is. Very, very eye-opening. It is. You know, and um, I've, I've made it a point to... Um, over the years, I've kept a binder for him, you know, and every good visit, every bad visit, everything is in that binder, pictures, you know, because that's amazing. It's very easy to just remember the bad. Oh, and yeah. it is. And, oh, and yeah. I want my child to know that his daddy was not a horrible person. He made bad decisions. Yeah. And it's never too late unless he's gone, you know? Yeah. And that's so good. And I, I think that's a, a good recommendation for those that may be dealing with visits and things like that. Um, that idea of keeping a binder and keeping track of the good and the bad um, right. and just making sure that you're not just focusing on the bad and missing out on those memories because um, mm-hmm. everyone, you know, loves memories and right. I think every child deserves, you know, to at least know know the good memories. Um, even if yes. they're few and far between, it still, it still matters and looking back, um, that's what will count, you know. So I applaud you for doing that and you are offering so much wisdom I mean you have gone through so much like this is trauma this is divorce this is adoption this is you know like you've gone through so many different processes and so I'm just so in awe of just your strength and just how again like you've you've turned this into something that is that is positive and that is touching a lot of lives um, do you intend to continue blogging? Do you have like another, you know, goal or vision for Addicts Ripple? Well, I will continue blogging. I will say that I got kind of laxed with it because I was so over. I had had myself dual enrolled in school. You know, I was yeah. going for my addiction counselor hours and my psychology degree, and I, I run my own business and I have four kids. So my blog did kind of slow down. Okay, but um, I do plan to continue writing and um, you know sharing things, especially now that we're all kind of sitting in quarantine. Oh yeah. So I have some <laughs> extra time to pump out some blogs, but I do conti- I do want to continue blogging, and my overall goal is to just 
facilitate an online community uh, yeah. for people. You know, there, there's a private, um, if you sign up as a member, it's all free. You can sign up as a member. And there's a private uh, chat in there, you know, different rooms. Like there's a room for families. There's a room for people in recovery. There's, a, you know, different that. rooms. That's really nice. so it, and it's all private and, um, you know, but I mean, it doesn't really get used because not many, I, I haven't really advertised it or got you, know, you. Got really you. pushed it yet, but you know, I, I want to make more, um, more tools available, you know, yeah. I, I eventually will have an app built and, uh, oh, make it more yes. readily accessible. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love that idea. Um, is there anything else about your, your journey or your experience, uh, and just raising awareness? Is there anything else that you would like to share that you, you know, feel that needs to be addressed or that someone would be touched by hearing in their own experience? Um, well, I know as a, um, a family member, I just think, you know, that people need to really just have an open heart Mm -hmm. and, um, don't, don't really, no, I'm not saying that, that the advice that you get in all these different groups isn't good or bad, or I'm not saying it's either one, either or, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of, um, a lot of people you'll still say they got to hit rock bottom, you know, and like cut them off, just cut them off completely and let it, they could be homeless or hungry or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe you need to do what you, what you can live with. Okay. Like I myself couldn't, couldn't go to bed at night knowing if mom, you know, I had somebody like my mother or, or, or a very close family member going to bed hungry or homeless. Like maybe I wouldn't bring them in my house, but just let them know that the door is open. Like I can help you. Got you. you. Know, I'll bring you something to eat. Oh, oh God, I'm not going to let you go to bed with it. You know, boundaries are for you and, and to make sure they're, they're not rules for somebody else. That's really good. That's really good. You know, and like, I like, I'll, I'm not going to allow someone in my home that's on drugs with my children, but absolutely. I'm not, I know, I'm going to help with what I can. Yeah, there's a balance. And I love that you said, you know, do what you can live with. And just kind of using that as the gauge for setting boundaries. Um, And like you said, protecting yourself and um, your mental health, your peace, um, and your family. But then also, you know, not turning boundaries into a weapon, you know, for for the other person. Um, I think that's, that's a really good a really good tip yeah because for a long time i thought boundaries were just a, a rule like i'm gonna set yep. these rules and you're gonna live in my <laughs> guidelines and that is so codependent to the word to the letter like yeah no, that's not how it works you can't control everything that's true you can do what you want but i can't if i can't live with it then i'm gonna remove myself from that situation that's really good that's really good um, have you seen, this will be the, the last question, because, I mean, we've talked about just about every, <laughs> everything, <laughs> right. um, and you've covered so much in, in just a short time, um, but have you seen the effect of your your advocacy and things like that, the effect on your children? Yes. Um, like I said, my son, his, um, his dad is in an active addiction right now, and um you know, I found that before I got into advocacy and really talking about it, he was a very, um, you know, he struggles with depression also. He's only 12. And mm. we now have a very open line of communication. And it's like they're proud, you know, and they're not scared. Yeah. Like I've, I've talked enough around them that they're able to uh, 
when they, you know, like in school and things like that, whenever they hear people talking about it, they'll come home and they'll be like, mom, so-and-so was talking about smoking weed, you know, things okay. that, that, that you hear going on in high school, but like my kids have seen enough because I also have a 15-year-old stepdaughter. Okay. And, but they, they see me speaking on it enough and I've, I've been open enough with them that they're comfortable they're talking to about share. It. They're comfortable. It's a comfortable conversation. It's not taboo, which is, I really think that's very important for our yes. youth because things are changing. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is so amazing. And I think with youth, with adults, I just think with everyone, we should, we should be able to at least talk about it. Um, yeah, and that's that's one of the main reasons why I started this podcast is right. so that we can talk about the hard stuff. We can talk about taboo, and even if we don't get to an agreement or even if, you know, we don't get to, like, a mutual understanding, it's just putting it out there on the table. Like, you, right. you can pick and choose what, you know, what you want to apply and whatnot, but at least open open the conversation. And what I hope with each episode is that the conversation that me and, and the guest have started will be continued. So the person that listens to the episode, maybe they can start it with their family member or someone that they see. Right. And it's at least, you know, planting that seed so that the conversation can at least, you know, be out there. Um, and, and make things a bit more comfortable because then you have children like yours that have heard it talked about and they don't feel like it's as taboo. Um, so I'm hoping that these topics that we're talking about open the discussion, not just for adults, but for youth as well. Um, so I'm, and I'm hoping that whoever hears this will, will be inspired by the fact that, you know, your children are open to talking about addiction and what they see and hear about at school because not a lot of parents can say, can say that yeah. oh <laughs> yeah. yeah I probably know well, I'm sure they don't tell me everything but I do oh hear yeah a lot. of course I do hear a lot. <laughs> of course but it's a start it's a start at least right. at least they're talking about something especially in middle school because I know when I was in middle school I was not <laughs> I was it's not there was no open <laughs> Right. <laughs> it was no there was no open open communication. Um so I so I think I think that's amazing and um yeah. This has this has been an incredible time and I I hope that you have been able to share everything that you wanted to um and I appreciate your willingness to share and to talk about the hard stuff um if it's able to help someone else. I really appreciate you reaching out and uh giving me this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find you on social media and maybe your website? Okay, um, my website is www.addictsripple, A-D-D-I-C-T-S, ripple.com. And um, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, it's going to be under Addicts Ripple, at Addicts Ripple. All right, perfect. And I'll have all of that in the episode description for you know, easy access for the listeners. Um, but again, awesome. thank you for being a part of the show and thanks to everyone for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, that you learned something and that you'll start the conversation with someone in your own sphere of influence. Um, so make sure that you connect with Kylie on social media and we'll talk to you next time. Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck, 
available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.